Welcome to Modern Aikido's podcast. My sincere thanks to listeners and those who have liked, subscribed, and commented. Your interest is noticed and deeply appreciated. Recently, a political storm has erupted over the largest Aikido organization in America, the United States Aikido Federation. The USAF has well over 100 dojos throughout the country and is headed by Yoshimitsu Yamada. What I present here is merely my commentary on the situation, not a justification or endorsement of any party involved. I have no affiliation, either current or in the past, with USAF, and I've only met Yamada one time. It was at a seminar that he taught, and I only shared a few words with him. This brief crossing of paths is nowhere near enough for me to claim any knowledge of the man or the culture of the USAF. I have no personal investment in the USAF or inside knowledge past what has been publicly posted. That doesn't mean I'm not concerned about the situation which seems to have boiled over. Political problems have plagued Aikido organizations for decades and are probably the single greatest cause of an organization's demise. Sometimes the political strife comes after the head of an organization passes away and the inheritors cannot find a way to work together. The best example of this is between the first doshu, Kishimaro Ueshiba and Koichi Tohei. A few years after Osensei's death, Tohei officially resigned from the Aikikai where he had been chief instructor, a position he held for years before Osensei died. As with all political turmoil, big problems usually don't appear out of nowhere. Issues tend to brew for a long time with growing discontent. I say that having many years of experience with an international nonprofit organization where I was faced with and had to find solutions to many political issues. I got to see many more firsthand, and they were mostly personal and some were very volatile. Many had to do with how teams and groups formed and operated. I've seen dozens explode, implode, and fracture due to bad politics. Anytime you have people together, you have politics. It is my observation that a common root of these problems is when accolades and prestige are involved, that is, awards and recognition. In the case of Aikido, that is primarily rank, but also inclusion in upper-level leadership. People often get obsessed with rank and where they are in the hierarchy of a group. I'm not saying that this was at play with what was going on with the USAF, although it does seem to be a factor. Let me state what is known. I'll summarize to give a basic picture of what happened so far. I encourage you to seek out these sources and read up on them if you want more detail. Unfortunately, you won't get a full story, but you can at least read the two documents that I'm going to mention today. The first document was a petition entitled Support Women in the United States Aikido Federation, which was posted online by a group of senior Yudansha or black belt rank practitioners. It was politely worded and was only one page long. Its language was fairly vague and provided no tangible history or backstory, but did include four demands. Rather than list them here, I suggest that you go read the petition for yourself. The reason I don't want to get into the details of what is demanded is that the petition itself does not include enough background to fully understand whether the complaints are valid. Since the details of the problems are lacking, it's unknown or unclear if the solutions the petition demands would actually solve the problems. The petition itself was posted openly to the public. It was not an internal document which was leaked out. This is an important factor. My experience is that no person or group responds well to having strangers getting involved in their affairs. Whenever turmoil and drama go public, the dust storm which ensues almost always makes things worse. If there was any ill feeling before, it just increases the level of tension and resentment. If those levels get high enough, finding a peaceful and amicable solution can be nearly impossible. I'm not certain, but that seems to be what's going on here. 
The second document released was from Yamada himself. He put out a letter in response to the petition, wherein he described being hurt by how this was handled. He further stated that these actions disturbed the harmony of the dojo and announced that two of his senior students have been relieved of their teaching responsibilities. Subsequent online dialogue mentions that two people have been expelled from the USAF, but I don't have confirmation of that. It also appears one member who signed the original petition as a co-sponsor has withdrawn their name from it. From my experience in dispute resolution and mediation, this is where a mediator is all but necessary if this matter is to be put to bed. For that to happen, a mediator would need to be invited in by the USAF staff to get involved. At this point, the dispute is very late in the game. Kind of like putting out a fire, it's easier to do it when the fire is small before it engulfs the whole house in flames, which can be seen for miles away. That may be where this situation lies with the USAF. Now that the situation has become public, this is where an experienced journalist who does a story on the situation could interview the people involved and paint an accurate picture of the history and what is going on. It would have to be an unbiased source and require the cooperation of everyone involved. Short of that, we will be left guessing about what led to these problems and how they may have been avoided earlier. The simple fact is that gossip and innuendo only serve to amplify the drama and tension. Facebook, Twitter, and Reddit discussions are the 21st century version of gossiping and spread all over the globe almost instantly. Confusion and lack of clarity do not ease the minds of those who are involved and only make matters worse. They can turn a solvable problem into such a circus that no resolution is possible. Social media can help people communicate, but it can also be a destructive force. Without a full grasp of all the facts and history at play, I strongly urge caution before issuing judgment. There is just too little information to get an accurate and precise handle on what happened and what is going on. Be careful not to take a few facts alone, no matter how true they are or not, and coming to a conclusion. We live in an age of morsel-sized news bites and nearly constant hysterical scandals. These things come and go in days or even hours. By the time the actual facts behind a story emerges, the news cycle is three or four scandals along. Such behavior helps no one. Jumping onto outrage bandwagons doesn't help either, and that's very fashionable behavior in the U.S. Outrage and ignorance is a dangerous combination. I also suggest taking great care before condemning someone for what you think they may have done. Character assassination is quite popular nowadays and includes a pretty significant blast radius. A perfect example of what I'm talking about came several years ago. A dentist in the city I live in shot and killed a lion while on a hunting trip in Africa. The outrage that this news generated got his business picketed and closed down, and he received personal threats. All of his employees lost their jobs in the tidal wave of anger about what he did on his vacation. Only after the dust settled did it come out that he had the required hunting license and that his guide brought him to an area which was, unbeknownst to him, off-limits for hunting. He did everything he was told by those he trusted, yet the scandal destroyed not only his business but the jobs of all of those who worked for him. His employees had nothing to do with the scandal and were completely innocent, yet were caught up in the aftermath. I fear that if the USAF fractures, many practitioners and dojos will suffer, even though they had nothing to do with the behavior alluded to in the petition. There are mentions in online discussions of previous attempts to bring the issues to the USAF leadership privately, which evidently did not get addressed. This may be true, but we have no confirmation of it or how long this issue has been brewing. Again, from my experience, if you are looking to get calm and rational cooperation from someone, 
airing their dirty laundry in front of the world produces the opposite result. Once you get to this point, only one party can remain in the organization. The reason is that making it a public affair feels like a betrayal of trust. It is rather like a coup attempt. If you succeed, the leader or leadership is gone for good. If not, the group attempting the coup must be removed. It's an all-or-nothing strategy. The people who bring this level of drama and turmoil to a group cannot remain. If they do remain, the group will be unstable due to a fundamental lack of trust in their judgment and motives. A group like this will implode or fracture sooner or later, and it's only a matter of time. It may be that the leadership of the USAF was unresponsive to the issues brought before it, and this is a claim which is made in the subsequent online dialogue. Lack of effective response or adoption of change is very common in large organizations. The larger an organization gets and the longer it has been around, the less flexible and responsive it becomes. Traditions get solidified and people tend to get upset when things get changed. Changing long-standing policies, approaches, and systems is very difficult. People like stability and consistency because they are comfortable. The result is that the leadership of the USAF could have been painted into a corner which may have resulted in their lack of responsiveness. I've read some of the online discussions to try and sort out what the exact claims are which are at the heart of the dispute. Some of the original posts have been deleted, and I haven't taken the time to dig into the Internet archives to uncover them. From what I gather, though, the two main complaints seem to be that a number of women have not been promoted to 7th or 8th degree black belt, and none have been invited to sit on the USAF's technical committee. One post mentioned a woman who was promoted to 7th Don years ago but is no longer active. This gives the appearance that currently there are high-ranked women in the USAF who are being overlooked for promotion to this high rank or inclusion to the technical committee. I don't know exactly what the nature of the technical committee is or what they do, but that really isn't relevant. What strikes me as relevant is that Udancha, black belt rank, above third degree is entirely political in nature. It really has nothing to do with technical ability anymore. Politics are entirely subjective, and any political appointment, either rank or inclusion in a leadership group, has far more to do with factors other than one's technical skills or sex. Two main points here. The first point is, the leadership of an organization has no obligation to bestow rank on anyone, especially when the criteria are entirely political. Even for lower ranks, it's a violation of most dojo etiquette to take on the attitude that you are entitled to a certain rank. One might make the comparison to a female attorney who is overlooked for a full partnership at a law firm, or a vice president who is overlooked for the job of CEO of a corporation. This is partially correct and partially not. In the corporate world, there is a salary attached to those job positions, and that makes it very serious business. In the grand scheme of things, what level of black belt you are is of very little consequence, and you have to try pretty hard to prove that there are significant financial considerations involved. It is far more about pride, vanity, and prestige than it is anything else. The second point is that an organization can choose to promote members or not at its discretion. That is their right. You, the member, or the outsider may not be happy about it, but that's the reality. The only recourse you have is to affect change and positive growth from the inside of the organization, or leave it. I speak not in theory here, but from personal experience. The organization I was in for years suffered a great turmoil one which was far more serious than members not getting belt ranks or not being appointed to committees. There was felony-level criminal behavior at the core of the issue, including the physical abuse of at least one student, and I suspect others. 
After taking this issue directly to the head of the organization and being unsatisfied that it was handled in any way near a reasonable way, I decided to resign and remove myself and my students from it. No organization which marginalizes the physical safety of its students will get my support or endorsement. Unfortunately, there was not enough physical evidence to take to the police, so getting the law involved was fruitless. They admitted they could do nothing. Hard evidence may play a role in this situation, too. If there are any documents, printed policies, or written procedures of the USAF which outline discrimination against women, the organization is doomed, and it should be. I would be very surprised if this were the case, though. Without such evidence, it would be very difficult to establish that there was discrimination or that there were tangible financial damages due to discriminatory behavior. Remember, members are not entitled to rank or appointment to any leadership position or committee. That is entirely at the discretion of the organization's leadership. To touch on that philosophical point for a moment, the way an individual, group, or business acts is a matter of dispute. Let's take the idea of an organization which allows only men to join. The culture in the U.S. currently tends to find this objectionable. However, organizations and activities for women only are not. When the issue of equality is brought up, which it certainly is in this case, we must consider exactly how far we are willing to force people and groups to comply with the vision of equality and exactly what equality means. I've heard of dojos run by people of a particular religion who only allow students of that religion to participate. Yet I've never heard of a petition circulated to force such a dojo to allow in students who are of another religious faith. It seems like they are content to find another martial art or dojo to join. You could call this policy discrimination, and it's not necessarily a pleasant thought, but I believe the alternative is far worse. The subject of freedom for an organization to choose its own culture and how it wishes to operate is a deep subject. Personally, I stand by the right of a group to choose its destiny just as I stand by any person's right to join, not join, or leave that organization. I do believe in equality in that we all have the freedom of choice. Some people in organizations having this freedom of choice while others do not is the very definition of inequality. Getting back to the USAF situation. Since the full details of what happened are lacking, it's all purely speculation. It never goes well to guess with these things, and I only mention these as possibilities of what could have been involved. We will not know unless a thorough examination of this whole affair is conducted. It also appears to be an emotionally charged situation, which only makes it more difficult. To restate what I said at the beginning of this podcast, what I present here is merely my commentary on the situation, not a justification or endorsement of any party involved. To those in the USAF, I suggest exploring professional mediation. This is the most expedient and cost-effective way to deal with matters like these. A neutral third party can facilitate arriving at a mutually beneficial solution, which can be made public. At this point, the USAF has a publicity problem on its hands. Just letting things go quietly will do nothing to address that. To wrap this up, I'll say that no one is perfect and every organization has its issues. I'm sad to hear that the USAF and its members are suffering this turmoil. Hopefully they will get it sorted out and can heal the wounds as well as the situation will allow. At the end of these podcasts, I usually ask you, the listeners, what topics you'd like to hear about on this podcast. I'm getting more used to doing interviews now, so I'd like to ask you who would you be interested in hearing interviewed and what would you like to hear me ask them about? Please share your ideas in the comments if you're watching this on YouTube or go to the Facebook group Aikido the Marshall side and post a comment. You can always support this podcast by donating either through a monthly sponsorship 
or a single donation of any amount that you like. I always enjoy hearing from listeners of the show, whether through comments or questions. Thank you all for sharing your interest. Enjoy your training.